Hello and welcome back to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. I'm sitting down with Reverend Robin King at the Bachelor United Church again, where we streamed our podcast from last week. And there's a bit of an echo again, because we're in this empty building all alone, but together, separated appropriately by nine or 10 feet or so, um, and enjoying a cup of coffee. And so thank you for taking some time to join us today from presumably your own home, whether you're at home helping your kids with their schoolwork or trying to work from home or just hunkering down and binging on Netflix and getting through another day of this COVID-19 pandemic that we're still in. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you're able to join me this morning, Robin. And, Thanks, Ben. Um, I guess today what we'd really like to talk about is how, I mean, we're coming up on Easter, right? Or Palm Sunday this Sunday and then Easter Sunday the following yeah. Sunday. And a few weeks ago, there was, you know, a little bit of uh, doubt whether we would still be <laughs> pinned down at home um, by the time Easter rolled around. But here we are, it's right around the corner. Obviously, most of us in Canada, and if not the world, are still going to be under some degree of self-isolation or lockdown. And so I think there's a lot to talk about uh, in terms of how we're going to head into this season of, for us in the Christian faith, uh, Easter. There's Ramadan is coming up soon, I think, too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I've been reading some some stuff on how all of the world's religions have typically a springtime sort of celebration, and we're not able to gather. So yeah, there's lots to talk about. It's funny, it, just as you were saying that, I uh, just, well, first of all, let me say, let me say, I meant to say this last week. Um, usually when we do a podcast, uh, we meet at your place and uh, at your office and you make the coffee and it's really good. And so I just want to say as a disclaimer that this week and last, since we've been at the church, we've had church coffee, which is not nearly as good. And I've had to make it. So I can't wait for us to get back to the point where like you're bringing the coffee event. You again, and me ben. both, um, especially because I was thanks, going ben. to, well, I was that, going that was to make really myself. That was really supportive, Ben. That was really supportive. Not, Thank you. Nothing, um, no offense to the church coffee or to you, but I was going to make myself a, a delicious latte with my espresso machine at home and then I remembered that we had run out of milk and there there was just enough milk for one coffee but I left it for for Kelly and then came here because I knew you'd have oh. church coffee on and isn't that just what you do when you love someone you, you leave, suffer by drinking church coffee you, and okay. you leave yeah you yeah. leave the last of the milk for them yeah you, and yes. milk is a hard thing to it's, find in some places the, uh, right now. Yeah, it's these you you were you were exercising the sacrifice of one. Um it, it which is like just as you were saying you were you were talking about uh uh Easter and and how we had been uh at, at some point we were all kind of thinking well some people were thinking that we'd all be back in our churches gathered all together for Easter, right? The big celebration of Easter, which we're going to have to talk about in a second. Um, but I, w I was just thinking that, that it seems ironic um, that we're now in a situation where we're going to have to have our little individual celebrations of Easter uh, because uh, it's, again, it's the, we are, we are isolating ourselves in order to uh, show love and care and respect for everyone else, mm -hmm. right? We're trying to save each other. Um, by individually keeping to ourselves. Yeah, there's. Right? I mean, there's tons of. Uh... Which is kind of kind of an Easterish kind of a story. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, and and then there's there's also and uh, this this is such an interesting. Uh, I had not again. You put yourself in these kind of situations, and 
you suddenly start to think of things that you had not occurred to you before, right? So context is always uh, a really good learning uh, tool. But um, it, it, I hadn't actually really thought about this so much before, but we we celebrate Palm Sunday, you know, the Jesus entry into Jerusalem. Yay, Jesus! Um, and it's a big deal. And uh, the journey of Holy Week is long and arduous, and by Friday we want to kill him. And But then again, uh, Easter morning, um, in the story, uh, people were, appeared to be celebrating Jesus' arrival on Palm Sunday. But in the story, our big celebration on Easter was a, a few women who went to the tomb. It right. was not a big celebration. And those few women who went to the tomb and were so overjoyed to find that Jesus was alive and were told to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was alive, go and tell the disciples Jesus is alive. And what do the men say? They go, sure. Yeah, they don't, we don't yeah, believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. Right. Um, they think they think there's something wrong because, you know, they're women. And so they think so they don't believe them. And 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 yet now, uh, you know, our Easter celebration, it's it's the number one festival of the church year. And it's a big deal. We, we have a big party. We, we do eggs and chocolate rabbits now. It's a big <laughs> it's a big celebration. And the original moment was a quiet one or two people um, overwhelmed with joy. Right. Hmm. Uh, and it's Palm Sunday that was the day where everybody got together. In crowds, yeah. Yeah, everybody who then fairly quickly turned on him. But still, it, everybody was getting together. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought about it that way, but you're right. And and so at some point along the way, as Christianity became, um, as pe- uh, you've uh, used the, the expression, people of the way, before the term Christians was even... Right. Uh, before they came up with that uh, label uh, and and then started calling themselves you know Christians the at some point along the way they uh, they turned it into a bigger celebration was that like hundreds of years later or what do you know um, well I, um, for sure no I, I, I wasn't there uh, but um, <laughs> but well and I think you know what anybody who tells you there was a specific turning point in the church where this happened. I, you know, we weren't there. That we could have been building towards that. People could have been talking about. We don't, we don't know. We just know that there are various times where we there there was an edict or a direction that we do X now. Um, but I I think that I think that uh, there was a there there was a point uh, or over time where uh, the story turned to very much be about victory over death and sin. Right. Um, the the idea the, again atonement. Good Friday's atonement for our sins. And so Easter, the resurrection, Jesus is alive because Jesus triumphs over death and it becomes all about victory and, and the power of God over life and death, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it, I, I don't suppose that was, I, I don't suppose, I don't suppose, you got to be careful which word I emphasize so that it doesn't sound like I'm saying anything else, but I don't suppose that was crossing the minds of Mary and the other women who went to the tomb. Hmm. I, I don't suppose it was crossing the disciples in the first few days either, right? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine they weren't overjoyed to see that Jesus was alive in the story um, or to understand new life. But, you know, I, I'm after all, I'm, I'm the person who likes to suggest that the reason that Thomas wasn't with the disciples, right? Doubting Thomas, 
that the reason he wasn't with the disciples in the first place is because he was out doing what he was supposed to do. He was out sharing the story of Jesus' life, not his death, his life, and what we learned from that. Um, and at some point we went, it's about death and resurrection rather than it's about Jesus taking the time to talk to the poor and heal the sick and, mm. and all of those share love and show people how to love. And the big deal became, uh, the sacrifice of death and, uh, the resurrection. Right. And uh, I, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. Nobody write or call or send me a message saying I said it wasn't a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, it's just that I, I think we need to, first of all, at the very least, we need to have a balance. But frankly, if we err on the side of Jesus' life and that Jesus, what Jesus teaches us in, in how Jesus lived, then I think the idea of new life means even more. Hmm. And it means a lot. It it means uh, a lot more, even given the context that we're in today. Um, yeah. This the idea of new life or new beginnings or transformation. Yeah. Uh, which spring is well, it doesn't feel like spring today. We just had a massive blizzard last night um, in Basha. I'm I'm guessing Pinocchio is the same, but uh, you know, this time of year we're looking, f we're anxiously anticipating that arrival of new life mm -hmm. of thinking about planting our gardens and actually being able to go outside without, you know, spending 20 minutes getting bundled up in winter gear. And, and now that we're in this pandemic where we're, uh, we're really isolated and, and keeping ourselves at home for the sake of the safety of everyone. Um, and we don't know how long it's going to be, but the idea of like envisioning oh, being the freedom to just be able to go outside in warm weather and mm -hmm. see your friends and touch, have, you know, hug someone, um, that will really be something worth celebrating yeah. whenever, whenever we're able to get to that point. And we don't yeah. know when that'll be. Well, it's, it's funny. I like that. It's uh, an interesting, uh, it's not funny. Haha. -ha. It's just kind of, it, it's an interesting thing. Whether you, whether you, um, well, well, we know, we know, we Christmas is December twenty fifth because we picked December twenty fifth. There's right. no, you know, um, but whether you whether you um, whether you think there's whether you think this even the story of Jesus, like if if that whole like the whole uh, Good Friday Easter Day story, um, all of that stuff is is uh, real or it's a metaphor. Or we're supposed to learn. However, we're supposed to learn that, right? However, you understand the story, the fact is that we have a story of um, of birth in the dead of winter for us, right? I mean, I realize that it's not winter everywhere um, and that for some people that it's, it's kind of the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. Easter is in the fall. Um, but, but uh, there's something about um, in the, in the darkness and cold and emptiness of winter, there is new life. Right. And then Easter is about how as spring is upon us and new life is about to return. Here is new life again. Mm -hmm. Right. They're, they're stories of new life. Um, they're not stories of death. They're stories right. of new life in the midst of that. Right. And that's kind of that's kind of the, the whole the story of Holy Week. So interesting. I think it, it's let me let me say, first of all, uh, when I was a kid, yes, Ben, that long ago. Um, it wasn't that long ago, but even when I was a kid, 
um, there were still some churches um, that followed, they had a service every day. And they followed Throughout the Holy, story Holy through Holy yeah. Week because you can. Something happens every day. Mm -hmm. um, the, the order of those things and what happens each day isn't necessarily agreed by all of the Gospels or anything. But something happens every day, right? And now, is, so just sorry to stop you, but is that because they're following the chronological order of the events between Palm Sunday and, and Christ rising is, on Easter Sunday one in real time? Yeah. It is the one time where stuff actually in the Bible happens in real time, right? In fact, you can construct a narrative like using the various Gospels, um, like the story of uh, even the story of Jesus uh, having supper at uh, at the house of his buddy Lazarus on Saturday, right? Um, and then Sunday he goes into Jerusalem, um, and and bearing in mind in Jewish tradition, of course, um, a day is sundown to sundown. Right? right, so it's kind of we we do that differently now. But um, he would have had supper uh, with uh, with Lazarus at his place on uh, uh, Saturday night. He goes into Jerusalem Sunday morning. Monday, we usually uh, the go to story for Monday is usually um, the the cleansing of the temple. Right, Jesus goes into the entryway of the temple. The money changers are there, ripping right. people off, and people are selling stuff, and he gets angry and takes matters into his own hands and clears them out, right? Um, Tuesday, um, stories of Jesus teaching in the temple. There's that weird story of cursing the fig tree. Some stuff happens. Wednesday, again, still in the temple, um, talking to people, um, arguing with the uh, temple leaders and stuff like that. But Wednesday is also, and I didn't know, I, I actually just discovered it was called this uh, in some traditions, uh, just like last year, I think, uh, Spy Wednesday. I'd never heard that what? before. But it's called Spy Wednesday because that's also traditionally the day in which um, Judas agrees to betray Jesus for money. Oh, okay. Right? They give him the 30 pieces of silver, yeah. and he agrees to to point <laughs> him out and, and betray Jesus, right? Thursday is, uh, again... So much happens. It, do you want to cover everything or focus on one thing? It's the Last Supper. Uh, John, the Gospel of John, tells the story of Jesus, uh, the servant, washing people's feet. Mm. Um, and so we have a tradition around that. And there's um, a name for, for Thursday. Right? And Maundy Thursday, right? Maundy Thursday. That comes from Mandatum, right? Okay. The commandment to love one another, um, which is part of the John story that goes with the feet washing thing. Yeah. And and then, but then later in the evening, of course, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And so there's a story of Jesus praying that, you know, if I don't have to go through this, please, you know, that'd be great. Um, and um, Jesus being arrested, uh, the, the kiss, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Um, and then... Friday is uh, trial and crucifixion, um, and he it has to be has to be uh, put in the tomb before uh, dark on Friday, um, and Saturday, nothing, <laughs> uh, because it's the Sabbath, right? They can't do anything. It's the mm -hmm. Sabbath, and so we often recognize Saturday as being that that space, right? Um, the space for grief between Friday, mm -hmm. Good Friday, and any Easter. Um, many traditions have uh, after sundown, of course, because it's a new day. Um, many traditions have um, the Easter vigil or the lighting of the Easter fire. Um, again, new life, a new flame. Uh, and then Easter day is uh, the first day of the week. It's the resurrection day um, and uh, the story of Jesus um, it, um, being alive, right? And uh, there is actually one additional piece. We off, we, that's where we stop, right? Because that's the end of Holy Week. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Except 
there is an additional piece that happens every single year. And that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is that every single year we tell the same story on the Sunday after Easter. Every single year. Hmm. It's the same story. It's Thomas, right? Right. It's the doubting, quote unquote, because I don't know why we call him that. Uh, doubting Thomas story uh, is the same story every year. But then there's those after Easter stories with Jesus being seen too, right? And that's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's no wonder that we've kind of condensed it for so, modern yeah. churches who gather once a week instead so, of multiple times a week. Yeah, since we kind of over time became a Sunday church, uh, over time, uh, we're not so much anymore, but but for different reasons, um, we became a Sunday church in terms of worship or liturgy or services, whatever you want to call that. Um, but uh, some, some kind of went to Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we kind of went uh, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. And then we kind of went Sunday, Friday, Sunday. And then we kind of went, let's just jump from Palm Sunday to Easter. <laughs> Um, and and I'm I feel badly for uh, any churches that do that in the sense that um, if you're not reminding people of the Good Friday story, your telling of the Easter story is uh, ridiculous. Right. You're telling a story about a new life without acknowledging the death that came before it. Mm -hmm. Right? It would be like picking up uh, Harry Potter or any any great story and only reading the first chapter and the last chapter. Yeah, you, you're missing you're missing the journey. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's the thing about that's the thing. And and I think that's something that maybe uh, maybe this is a moment where people can uh, um, can uh, find something to relate to here is that that um, uh, instead of just jumping from and and we even reached a point where we decided that Palm Sunday was now going to be called Palm slash Passion Sunday, as if you could put a slash between those two words and make them on the same day. <laughs> um, but but that way, you see, you could start out by covering the Palm Sunday story, but then you can include the Passion story and you could skip Friday. You wouldn't have to have a service on Friday. But here we are all sort of isolated in our own place. We got time. We got time. Um, and, and our journeys are uh, all different, but we are nonetheless on a journey. And that's the thing about Holy Week is that it's a journey um, from, uh, from celebration, kind of, we can talk about that in a second too, cause it maybe isn't, but from celebration, um, through daily routines that include anger, <laughs> that include learning and growing, that include, uh, you know, uh, people doing different things. It includes betrayal. It includes fear and um, doubt. It, fear and doubt. It includes, uh, people gathering for what they didn't realize was the last meal, but then it turned out to be. Um, but what they'd actually gathered for was a ritual meal. It was Passover, right? They'd actually, that's why they actually were mm. having that meal in the first place. Um, a death, um, a time for grieving, and uh, a time for discovering new life after mm. that loss. Um, and I think... I think when you start to talk about themes in that, um, there's a lot to identify with for people right now. Oh God, yeah, a lot. We're, we're on, and to take the time to do it because we we got it, we got the time. Let's take yeah. the time. But you you do have to take it. You have to kind of carve it out or be intentional about it, um, or you can find yourself just endlessly scrolling that, through social that media or distracting it, right. yourself. 
See, that in itself is something that would be a theme for us right now. Um, We we have gone from uh, a routine that we know, whether we liked it or not, it was nonetheless, we had a daily routine and and things to um, that being gone, like almost like overnight and having to find a new way, a new routine, a new... Mm. Uh, remember when, when when we first heard about we should stay in our homes, schools are closed, um, recreational facilities are closed, everybody's home, people started posting a pile of stuff about... Um, and like they'd have daily schedules. And yeah. some of them were meant to be funny, some of them were not. <laughs> but they, they were trying to establish a routine. Um, and uh, I, I, that's I think that's initially what the church... Uh, was maybe trying to do, or the followers of Jesus were trying to do with telling the story is they were trying to establish a routine. And and here's a moment where the story actually allows you to have a routine that's day to day. Right. Right. The rest of the story, it, it happens at different times. And we look at different, and because we work on an annual, like a yearly cycle, um, some stories come back regularly, some are seem out of time or out of place. But the one thing that doesn't is the Sunday to Sunday um, the first day to the first day of mm. uh, of the Holy Week story. I remember several years ago, and I mean, so you've, so Robin, you've been the minister here for like 11 years or so, I think, right? Uh, and sure. I, I, I can remember lots of those, uh, lots of Easter's over the last decade with you here, where you were very intentional and deliberate about reminding us as a congregation that this is not just a you know, we can't just jump from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, that there's all this stuff that happens in between. And you've come up with some really creative ways of uh, encouraging people to to uh, spend time reflecting on those other pieces of the story. And everything from one year you handed out little cards, like a, on a sort of the size of a business card that had oh, the scripture readings yeah, the last for each four part or five of the story. years we've done that each yeah, year. So, yeah. yeah, you've done that a few years. Then there was one year where I remember you had the idea that we would tell the story of Easter week by having a few different families in the community tell a piece of the story um, by recording a little video clip, whether it was their kids, you know, portraying different characters. The details are fuzzy, but I remember having a lot of fun helping put that together. Just because you you, you mentioned that, I I actually was reminded, I forget how now, but last week or the week before I was reminded of that, and I I went to, I found those videos and watched them again. Yeah. And... Uh, what was what was really so cool about that to me was that some people took the story literally and acted out. Um, w- one family acted out the story of the garden in their garden, and they followed <laughs> the story. And then there was another where there was two uh, two kids who basically did their piece of the story as an interview. One was a uh, an interviewer, and the other one was answering the questions and stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, it, they were all awesome. they were all just really a creative and different ways of telling yeah. their piece of the story. Yeah, and everyone awesome. probably looked really, really young because it they was did. six or seven or eight years ago, something yeah. like that. So how do we, in uh, these strange times that we're in and the, some of the restrictions of not being able to gather, uh, like all, like everyone who's part of any faith tradition um, that involves celebrating and gathering as community and we'll be struggling with, you know, how do we... How do we do Easter? What are your creative ideas that you've got for this coming up week and reminding people of those other pieces of the story and encouraging people to spend time reflecting on them again well, this year? 
Ben, if I if I tell you that, then people want to want to watch the live stream service or any of the things that we post during the week. Um, well, give it, a little trailer for it then. Just give give I, us a little you know teaser. What? I, I think that I I think that um, first of all, I I think that this is a great. Uh, uh, oh, I was about to say the words. This is a great time for Palm Sunday, um, but of course I don't mean it that way. Um, it, it, I, I just I can't think of another way of saying it. Appropriate but, timing. Uh, it, 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 here's an appropriate time to truly understand what Palm Sun, the Palm Sunday story, is about. Right? It's about we we tell the story about Jesus comes to Jerusalem and um, the triumphant entry is how it's usually referred to as a heading in most Bibles. The hmm. triumphant entry. Um, and the story is about how Jesus uh, rides into Jerusalem riding a donkey, um, or the colt, the foal of a donkey, as it says in one of the stories. Um, but and he, and he comes from a certain direction. I'm combining the stories, right, into this one th- narrative. Um, but essentially, we tell a story where Jesus enters Jerusalem, um, and each of those pieces has a meaning. He's riding on a donkey because that was foretold uh, by one of the Old Testament prophet, uh, prophets. He's coming from a certain direction because, again, that was part of the prophecy. Um, and he comes into Jerusalem uh, and people see him coming. And so depending on which story you read, um, one of the stories almost kind of implies that only the immediate followers of Jesus were there cheering him on. Yeah. But the other stories essentially say everybody came out and cheered on Jesus, Hosanna. And we, in fact, um, a lots of churches will uh, usually traditionally will have a Palm Sunday parade, yeah, right, where everybody With gets palm a branches. palm branch and you yeah. wave your palm branch and everyone cheers and and oh happy day. Uh, even even uh, it just reminded me of. Uh, uh, the Hosanna song from Jesus Christ Superstar, right? <laughs> They're all cheering, right? Yeah. And uh, and the uh, um, the temple authorities say, you know, tell your people to be quiet, Jesus, and you know, calm down, things. And and uh, and Jesus says, if they did, then the stones would cry out. So he's not going to stop them. And this kind of thing. And we 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 uh, nope. I'm going to say it this way. We sell that story on Palm Sunday morning as a joyful parade of everyone waving their palm branch and yay, Jesus, right? And especially if you're going to involve kids, you want kids to know it's a parade and it's fun. So yay, Jesus, it might as well be, you know, Gretzky coming in with the Stanley Cup. Sorry, I'm really dating myself because it's been such a long time since the Oilers won the Cup. But um, but we, that's how we tell it. But in fact, the crowd shouts Hosanna. Right. And we tend to portray the word Hosanna as simply a word that it's a celebratory word. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it's it's like hallelujah. Right. Mm. Except it isn't. Um, it's usually translated uh, is usually translated as uh, from the Greek. And it means something like save us okay. or or bring salvation to us. Something like that. Um, so the crowd isn't shouting, yay, Jesus. They're recognizing it's the Messiah and shouting to Jesus to save us because they recognize it's the Messiah because and the Messiah the... is the one who is going to free us from our oppression. Yeah. Right. Is going to, to free us from, from bondage to the Romans, you know, or whoever, depending on whatever century decade or whenever it happens, the idea is that Messiah frees the people from the oppressor and restores the glory of Israel. 
right? Yeah. And uh, so since he didn't deliver that within the next five days, it's no wonder it was easy for the temple authorities to convince people to turn on him. But but we we tell we tell the story as if yay, it's a yay Jesus moment. Right. Is it though? Or is it the people demanding something from Jesus that he then didn't deliver? Right. And we also, we frequently... Uh, uh, for, sorry, didn't deliver on their terms. I just want to be clear exactly. about that. And yeah. we, And speaking of that, we frequently talk about how he did not arrive in the fashion or in the image that... Um, that they expected their salvation to arrive in. Right. So the, the leader that they were expecting was not... Like, yes, right. it was prophesied from day he would one, come in right? on a donkey, but... I mean, they were expecting... But even the Christmas story, right? Exactly. We'd talk about it at Christmas yeah. and at Easter, that they were expecting a king. Yeah. And so... Who so, was like a military yeah. leader. Um, uh, Marcus Borg and Dominic Crossan wrote a great book about um, Holy Week. And, and, and one of the things I always try, I think, like to remind people is that on that day that Jesus was riding a donkey into Jerusalem from one side, through one gate, um, fulfilling the prophecy and riding on a donkey... Um, uh, on, in the other side of town, coming in that gate was Pontius Pilate on a horse with his soldiers, yeah, in full military gear, right, yeah. and full armor and everything, um, representing the true power, um, uh, you know. And and he would have he would have been coming because it's Passover, right? So he he would have there would have been a heavy military presence from the Romans in Jerusalem uh, at the time. And, and that's the contrast is that Jesus kingdom, not being of this world, um, Jesus rides in on a donkey, the sign of peace and Pilate comes in on a horse, the sign of war. Right. Right. <laughs> and yet the people were hoping like even, even from the birth of Jesus, they were expecting a king, they were expecting a warrior with an army that would restore the glory of Israel that they expected to be the glory of Israel um, and not the kind of glory that God had in mind, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to speak for God or anything. I'm just saying, um, you know, we expect when we say restore the glory of, we expect a certain thing. And invariably that has nothing to do with what's in your heart. Right. Right. Yeah. We the then the people then, as we do now, get focused on the external um, situation, the or the the conditions of life, the right. things that we, the stuff that we right. got, and particularly when we are, um, particularly when we're experiencing something that causes us fear and anxiety. Um, I think it's sometimes very hard to remember that the most important things in that situation are kindness mm -hmm. and caring and consideration of uh, everyone, right? It's not, and, and everyone uh, having a share in um, the glory part, right? Yeah. Um, that it's not about, it's not, uh, it, it's not about power over power things or over people. It's not about um, shiny things necessarily. It's not mm. about uh, money. It's not about stuff. It's about just genuinely connecting and caring with people. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of parallels there. I mean, right now in Alberta, we've been in an economic recession even before this pandemic came along. And now in the midst of it, you're still seeing a lot of headlines, a lot of news articles about how do we jumpstart this economy? How do we recover from, from this? How do we, how bad is this uh, recession or de global depression going to get? We, we look at the stock markets crashing. It's easy to just, to just want yeah. 
things to get back to the way they were. No, to, Ben, to, come on. To recover the economy and get, our, gonna be get fine. our jobs back. We're going to be fine. Uh, provincial government's going to spend $1.1 billion towards a pipeline, so we're definitely going to be fine. You just laid off 26,000 employees of the education system who support small children. But hey, we're going to be fine because we just spent $1.1 billion on a we, we had this conversation kind of the other day. I have, I have to say... Um, we were talking to Jackie the other day, and part of what Jackie was saying is that we, you know, um, I think what she was getting at was that uh, we need to be sharing some things, like I need to say some things about, um, you know, people being kind and considerate of each other, and because people are anxious and angry right now, and I believe I said, I'm angry right now. <laughs> I'm angry right now. And, and that's the thing is that, you know what, it, that's okay. That it, it just because you're, you know, that I mean, I we we think um, lots of people think, and I agree that the um, uh, chief medical officer in Alberta, Dina Henshaw, I want to yeah. say is her name, yeah. is awesome, and she's been doing a great job, and uh, it, she she tells people uh, inf gives that information accurately and compassionately, and and uh, always uh, seems to be. Uh, caring and uh, interested in the good of everyone, and and I think that's that's absolutely awesome. And that I can't imagine that she doesn't go home at night and just um, have a rant for half an hour, or maybe even throw things. Good, maybe she doesn't. Maybe, maybe she is actually perfect. Um, but but or or have a good cry. And that's the thing is that I think um, whether we see it or not, we need to acknowledge that everybody is um, again not to not to put a religious spin on anything, but going back to the Holy Week story, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it, throughout that week, there are, there's, there's parts of that story about how Jesus gets angry. Parts of that story are about how Jesus doubts. Parts of that story is how Jesus says, do I have to do this? To God, yeah, well, right, so I was and just then suffers about, through being yeah. uh, whipped and crucified and yeah. dies, right? Um, it, like you can't tell me that that story isn't full of emotion. And our day-to-day -day life right now is full of incredible amounts of emotion. That you know, you can't you can't say, um, oh, everything's going to be fine. Just you know, buck up. You, people need to be able to express that they're angry. They need to be expressed. Yeah. They, they need to cry. They need to yell. They need to do whatever they need to do to express. And people need to be prepared to hear it and let them be heard. Yeah. And people need to allow themselves the time and the space to, and the permission yeah. to feel it, to go through those emotions. Like Absolutely. You're, um, you're exactly right. And I was thinking, picturing that scene in Jesus Christ Superstar or just in, in the Holy Week story where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's wrestling with this um, this cup, like you know, these they symbolize the the um, what he is about to mm -hmm. have to endure as this cup of poison, right? In the song, in, yeah. in Jesus Christ Superstar, and he's pleading to his father, please take this cup uh, away from me. Make, don't I don't want to have to go through this. Yeah. But it, I mean, could you imagine Jesus just laying in the garden and just waiting for for the week to be over so that he could get on to the next piece like there, there's a i guess my point is there's a big difference between just enduring and surviving this unknown in between and experiencing the wilderness again of of that unknown and of that journey and leaning into it, the discomfort of it and allowing yourself to feel the emotions allowing yourself to feel angry to feel sad to feel scared and to to sh to talk um to people that you 
can connect with and, and trust about how you're feeling to feel heard and to, to just allow yourself because just like Jesus, he, he had that conversation with God. He leaned into the fear and the, and the uncertainty and the, the, um, the doubt and whatever emotions he was experiencing. And he prayed about it. He, he went to the garden to have that, that time. It was purposeful. Mm-hmm. And we have an opportunity right now to, to give ourselves some time and some space and some permission to do a bit of that. And it's, a, it's almost a reset. It, it, it can yeah. be, it, but it only is if you take the opportunity to make it that. And if, it. We yeah, just, sure. if we just try to hit the emergency button yeah. and take whatever extreme measures it takes to, to resuscitate the economy and get, it, get things back to running, and, and we should, we should we sh- absolutely we should get people uh, reemployed and, and Alberta needs to figure out what, what the economy is, what is going to bring back the economy if it's not going to be oil and gas or if whatever combination of industries is going to help us get um, back on our feet again as a province, those strategies need to be smart and they need to be, um, we need to be intentional and smart about it. But and until that happens, what are we doing with the time when we're waiting? Are we just waiting and and getting through it and just watch another Netflix series and, and binge on distractions? Or do we say, hey, we've got a bit of time here where we're in sort of a cocoon, and but that transform, transformation as a result of being in that cocoon doesn't just happen automatically, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I think at the end of it, you could come out and you're still a worm. <laughs> well, if you don't put the well, work into transforming yeah. uh, while you're in the cocoon. I I, I think you mean caterpillar. Ben. Yes. I, yeah. I, I do uh, mean caterpillar. But okay. So uh, oh, there's or maybe you come so out much, of it and you and you've turned from a caterpillar into a worm. Uh, instead so of a much you sent my brain off in so many different directions there. But um, a couple of things who occur, occur to me there. One is uh, just the other day. Uh, might have been yesterday. I noticed somebody had posted. They had video. Uh, at, somehow, somebody had managed to grab. Um, I guess a right place, right time kind of thing. Um, it was um, a grizzly bear coming out of its den after winter hibernation. Did you see this? I haven't seen that. It's not. It, it's not a joke. It was actually just. It was a bear and like digging out through snow and stuff hmm. to come out. For, and the thing about that is that that's that's yes okay. Except the thing about that is that um, it's been hibernating. So in order to hibernate, uh, my understanding is that the way that works is in order for bears to hibernate, they eat a pile of stuff and then they basically go to sleep. And then when they wake up, they have to eat a pile of stuff because they've burned off all of the energy, right? So um, are we going to emerge from this, having burned off all our energy and raw and looking for stuff? Or are we going to take the time, like like the caterpillar and the cocoon idea, right, to to... Uh, uh, transform to come up with ideas to be creative to do it's it's funny uh, it's funny how and and when you do that when you do that do we do we uh, see that as a cocoon that separates us from absolutely everybody else or are we still trying to connect right mm-hmm. and and I think I think that's that's the thing about you know people people should feel free to be right now people should feel free to be angry or sad or grieving or like don't hide the feelings I think what what's more important is that we all need to be understanding that we're all kind of feeling that way so when we encounter somebody who's angry about something that we're not we're not angry we don't fight we're not angry back right mm-hmm. we hear them out right we need to hear people out 
um, whether they're angry or sad, however they hear their story, not immediately go on the defensive. And that's so hard, particularly that's, that's a fear response, right? We immediately go defensive. And yeah. that dis- disconnects us from all that stuff that we do, that kindness and compassion and listening part. Um, and instead, just really be prepared to hear people out. Um, since you mentioned Jesus Christ Superstar, let's go another musical here. Um, just before we started the, uh, to record today, um, we were talking about um, quite possibly the most appropriate um, song for people to hear right now, which is "You Will Be Found" from Dear Evan Hansen. Which is just so it's so um, it, it it speaks so much to where people are at right now. Like we're feeling we we feel lost. We feel like we're we're cut off from everybody else. We feel like nobody wants to hear about us. We feel like nobody wants to hear our story. Mm. Um, and and here's a, here's a song that reminds you that yes, they do. Um, reach out and tell your story to somebody. That we're not alone. You're not alone, and because we're not. Even if you feel like you're. And again, we were. Talking about how you celebrate things, you know, if you're uh, if you're in a house with a family of five, you can have a celebration of five. If you're in a house mm. by yourself and you're alone, who do you celebrate with? Well, you can, you know, reach out to somebody. We have ways to do that. Um, and and if you're somebody who knows of someone who is in a situation where they're by themselves, reach out to them. You have to, right? Um, some. People here in Bashaw, for instance, last week, some kids went over, they made sun, I won't say whose kids, but some kids made some sun catchers and went over to Bashaw Meadows to the seniors building where people are um, essentially locked in. They can't leave. Um, They're trying to protect the seniors in the building. And they can't have visitors either. And they can't have visitors. So they made sun catchers and went and hung them outside their windows on the the first floor there. Um, I heard that actually... A couple of people had a mini parade um, this past week where they dressed up in costumes and then just kind of paraded around out in front (laughs) and played around out in front of Basham. And they were adults, by the way. So this isn't always having to be kids doing stuff like Mm -hmm. this. But it was just some way of letting the people in there know they're not alone, right? They're, seen, they're not either because they're so they're so well cared for, of course, but they're just disconnected from the outside world. So you're not alone isn't just about making sure you have company. It's about making sure you're not disconnected from the rest of the world. Yeah. And we have the, the luxury, really, of um, being able to use all the technology that we have today with the Internet and, Zoom, yeah. you know, Skype and Zoom and Facebook Live and YouTube and everything and Netflix there are many ways to entertain ourselves. There's many ways to stay connected. There's ways to to continue being productive. Like I'm able to work from home, and I there's I couldn't do most of what I'm I'm doing at home for work without the internet. And our internet's been driving me crazy because it's really slow in our small community here. But we're connected. We have the tools. I was reading about the Spanish influenza, which my granddad survived mm-hmm. at the age of 11 in Glasgow, Scotland, and nearly died. He had the worst case of it out of all of the kids in his... He was in a class of 50 students. I think uh, seven or so of them got infected. His was the worst case, and the doctor thought he was uh, a goner. He said, this, uh, there's not much hope here. And he was bedridden for, I think it was six or seven weeks and you think about that, like at age 11, being stuck in your bed for a month and a half, mm. almost two months, and there's no internet, there's no telephones, there's no 
there's n- right. almost no way of being connected. That's why those the, those things with the, the people going to bash on So doing that kind of thing is so important, right? Like even if you just wave to somebody through their window for crying out loud, yeah, right. Or yeah. the uh, there was there's been a couple of stories of people who, and I, I think this is just this is a great idea. Um, if you if you have a senior who's a family member who's in a facility um, and you're able to and it lucky enough for them to be even on the first floor, call them and go and stand outside their window. Yeah. Right. It's and and that to me is that's a combination of the two things, right? You're using the technology, but then you're also you're Making, you're there. They yeah, can you're see physically you physically there. Yeah. You, which is even more powerful because you've put that effort in. You've gone and probably had to drive to to be near them yeah. and to be able to see them through the window. There's, there's been so many cool stories. Like we were just talking about, um, Jim from the office, his new shows, mm-hmm. uh, the SGN, some good news. Uh, and his first episode yeah. that just went up and he was sharing the story of this, uh, 12, I think year old, 12 year old girl who just completed right. her last yeah, yeah. treatment yeah. of, um, chemo, uh, chemo. Yeah. And so she was coming home and as a big surprise, the whole, like for one or two blocks leading up to her house, there was friends and neighbors and family who had driven there and yeah. were waving and honking and had signs. And they were, they, it was a, basically a parade or a greeting. Appropriately physically distancing. Yeah. I mean, it was, they might yeah. as well have been waving palm branches. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's good. Yeah, actually. Sure and uh, for the arrival of, you know, for her to celebrate her coming home. And uh, my sister had a story she shared of a neighbor, I think it was a neighbor in their neighborhood, who um, uh, they were doing like a, a drive-by birthday party. So they yeah. set up chairs on the driveway and people that drove by were able to talk to them from the you know safe yeah. distance from their car and not even have to get out and just, or honk as they were going by. So it's neat seeing the creative things that people are coming up with and ways to show support. Like even, I think we might've talked about this last week, but all of the things people are doing in cities around the world to show their thanks and their gratitude and their support for the frontline workers with uh, cheering and clapping from their balconies and flicking their lights on and off and, you know, police showing up in front of different buildings or hospitals and, and um, doing everything from choreographed dance things to just applause. Yeah. And those show the power of the human spirit and, and our creativity, but, um, are just our will, our sheer will and need to stay connected and to find new ways to do yeah. that. So this we're to bring it yeah. full circle here. We're I know you don't want to give it all away, but we're we're almost at Palm Sunday, and I know you've got some creative ideas for ways that we as a church can do Easter. We've been finding last week we talked about some of the creative things we're doing to do church in general with our live streaming some of the content that we're creating right. outside of the Sunday service, but like the, the uh, prayers and reflections and meditations and little short videos that we're doing this podcast. What can you tell us without giving it all away for what you've got up giving your it all sleeve away. for okay. spoiler the, for Easter? Week. Jesus lives. What? Um, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that actually is a, that actually is a particular twist on the story as we know how it ends. Right. We know the story. We do the story every year. We know the story, right? It's like going to a Harry Potter movie 17 times. You know what happens next. It's like the people who go to Rocky Horror Picture Show um, and they dress up and then they sing along with all the songs and they know all the lyrics and they throw toast at the screen at the appropriate moment and all that kind of (laughs) stuff, right? Um, It's because they know it so well. Yes. And, uh, 
you know, the thing is, uh, these days, there's there's people who know the story so well, and then there's people who don't know the story at all. And uh, um, both need to find a way to connect to the story. So um, we're always looking for ways to do that, blah, 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 right? Yeah. But this, this, this year... Um, we we need to find a way that's in the context of uh, of we're all doing this individually, right? Um, and trying to encourage people to find a way to connect with the story individually that also allows us to connect together as as people, right? And sometimes, uh, so we'll do. We are continuing to do to live stream our services. Um, our the and they'll have um, they'll have some. I'm just going to say they'll have some video content that um, reflects who we are. So people like last week we had a um, Graham created a, a a karaoke version of a hymn basically, in which the background was pictures of people doing various events and things in the last couple of years in both our churches. So um, you can see yourself, right? You're, yeah. you're there. You were in the service. Yeah, it was awesome. And that, that was pretty awesome. Um, but there's also, there's also, I think we also can find a way to, um, and, and I know we're not the only ones who are doing this, um, we're going to try and put together a little... Um, uh, a journey through Holy Week kit, um, where um, there'll be there'll be something that tells you what the story is each day, and maybe invites you to think about a particular question in a prayer, and then there'll be something in the kit to remind you of the day. Right. So um, the best example would be on Palm Sunday. I'm not giving anything away here. Palm Cross. Right. But there'll be a little thing, something that you can touch, something you can hold, mm. um, something that reminds you of what goes in, what the story is about. And and we hope that uh, we're going to try and get those to as many uh, houses as we can um, of people uh, that are part of our, our faith community and 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 hope that. Um, they'll find a way as a family or, or, um, or even trying to connect with others by using that as that, that as way of telling the story each day, right. Mm -hmm. Through Holy week. Um, but, but again, it's also, uh, it's also important to remember that people celebrate in different ways. And, and one of the ways that we celebrate most at times like Easter is as a family together. And um, lots are not able to do that this year. I mean, you're essentially going to be celebrating with the family that's in your house. Um, and uh, uh, so, again, reaching out using social media, um, reaching out, uh, just giving somebody a phone call, um, drive by somebody's house and wave at them. Uh, we're encouraging all those kind of things. Something else that we're doing too is, that, uh, particularly for people who don't have access to the internet, is that we're trying to put stuff on DVDs. Mm. The whole point of all of that stuff, just to be absolutely clear, if it isn't already, we're not trying to entertain people or show you what we're doing because we're keeping busy. We're reminding you of who we are, right? We're reminding each other of who we are. We're reminding each other of what we look like, the things that we do together, the times, the, the times we've been together, we're, we're re that, that's why I love that, that, uh, karaoke hymn that Graham did, uh, is that we're remembering, right? We're reconnect. We're not just, Oh yeah, I remember that time. It's not just a question of what happened or the moment. It's a question of reconnecting with the people who were in that moment mm -hmm. with us. Um, and that, that's, that's so important. Um, even say, you know, families that make a little video of a song, um, and we get to see them, the, the kids playing and, you know, jumping around and stuff. Um, Ben, uh, things like that. It, they're so important because they remind us, right? They're, they're like, uh, 
um, they're like the, the they're not even just the the moment of it happening. It's reminding of us of the person, reminding us of the person in a way that allows us to reconnect with them. This this to me is kind of why we do some of the ritual stuff that we do in church, uh, and if we're not doing it for this reason, we should maybe stop doing it. But Palm Sunday is a perfect example. Why do we have palms? There are no palms in Alberta. <laughs> why would we want to have palms? Sunday. Well, Pop because it, it, it helps us reconnect with the story. It's why we're doing this little kit thing. Is that It's something to touch or hold that helps us remember to help. Mm-hmm. And, and not just the story. But for some people, it'll be, oh, I remember this particular Palm Sunday years ago when. Or I remember as a child, but, you know, things like that. Uh, it's how we connect. And we need those, those ways of connecting most when we're not able to connect um, as we normally do in person. Mm-hmm. And in, in so many ways, I think when we, when we do look back on this um, journey that we're all going through years from now, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to see a lot of good that has come out of it by then and ways like uh, things that we started to question and, uh, and really evaluate why we're doing things, like you said, mm-hmm. and, and then to be really discerning and purposeful and intentional about how we are living our lives as individuals and as a community, as a province, as communities of faith. Um, and there, a lot of change is going to come out of that, but I think a lot of it's going to be going to be good change. That's that's the thing about uh, the wilderness experience, right? Is whether you're in the wilderness because you chose to go there for self-examination or or discovery, or whether you found yourself there by accident, or whether you were forced there. The fact of the matter is that it's transformative. However, it is it's transformative. Mm. At the end of it, you are not simply returning to how things were. You can't. You can't. Because you are different because of what you've experienced, right? And we'll all be like that. Yeah. We can't go back. We can only go forward. Right. And we go forward together. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to Easter. I'm looking forward to to Palm Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday, and another uh, live streamed service that if anyone's listening to this before Sunday, you can check that out by going to risingspiritministry.com or on Facebook, uh, looking up Six Ways from Sunday is our Facebook page. The Pinocchio United Church and Bash United Church will have the links also for the Sunday service and for all of the other extra things that Robin, uh, that you've got planned and that we're all going to be participating in. It's going to be fun. And I think it's also going to be, like we said, an opportunity to to really reflect and take some time sure. to think about the story and our own stories this, this coming week. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week and taking some time out of your uh, day at, at home in isolation to, to be with us. If you could share these episodes with uh, other people in your life on social media or hit the subscribe button on your podcast app or on iTunes, uh, you'll get a n- little notification next time we have a new podcast episode out. And uh, until you join us next time, take care and stay healthy and safe and be well. Thanks. Thanks.